Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Fixins Podcast. I am Michael Dion. Alongside me, unusually, today, on such short notice, thank you very much, is Mr. R.J. Larson. R.J. Uh, been working with me, and part of the reason I won a couple of different awards uh, when we were in the uh, play-by-play booth together, uh, up, up high above Hanson Field. They're not, well, I guess, yeah, I guess high above Hanson Field. Um RJ Larson, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me back on. Just got back from good old, good old Macomb, Illinois today, as a matter of fact. I was moving in my new house down there and back in good old Wisconsin, where you don't have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Well, coronavirus, uh, ig- it, not ignorance, but ign- ignorance aside, um, how, how are things up in Wisconsin? Oh, they're all right. Um, you know, like I said, um, a lot of places are opening back up now. Um, Lake Geneva's definitely thriving pretty good. A lot of tourists are coming back up there. Wisconsin Dells is opening back up. A lot of their water parks are going to be open for the summer. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you hear a lot of news about the cases and stuff, but, you know, you just, just try to try to ignore news organizations because I feel like they're kind of lying about a lot of the numbers anyway, so... We're all right up here. So the reason that there was no Justin Minkley here is obviously, unless you've been under a rock, um, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on in the world right now. Um, I would say it will have all have stopped by the time I upload this on Thursday, recording this Wednesday afternoon, but that ain't going to happen. Uh, it may get worse, if anything. So Justin Minkley is in one of the... is in a part of... Illinois that sees many riots right now and he wasn't down with he didn't feel like doing a podcast which makes sense to me um so stay safe Justin don't get murdered <laughs> basically um but RJ Larson is here a a very well equipped man to feel things especially since we'll be talking about baseball so this is gonna be a shorter podcast we're on a bit of a, a time constraint to fit around RZ, RJ's schedule and my schedule here. Um, so we're going to talk about, well, two things, but one thing mostly. Mostly we'll be talking about the utter mess that is Major League Baseball and the owners and players fighting. You can read some of that in my article on CountryHerald.com, Millionaires versus Billionaires, and I explain some of what I think is the most ludicrous thing one of the most ludicrous things in sports from like fan wise, why fans support uh, billionaire owners instead of players in any sport. It's really stupid. And also briefly at the beginning, uh, we're going to go ahead and mention uh, the NBA has a reopen plan. Uh, we won't fully go through the plan. We'll just go through the teams in the plan and, and tell you what we think about that. Um, and we'll, we will go into that right now. So basically one app, and then the entree, the app this week, uh, the NBA reopened plan. But look for that to become like a, a full-fledged segment uh, when Justin gets back, hopefully by next week, um, if we're in martial law by then. RJ Larson, the NBA has a plan. They are going to play basketball in Orlando, Florida. Wonderful. There are 13 Western Conference teams and 9 Eastern Conference teams that are participating. Some of them are bad. 
the Western's Conference teams are the eight teams that would have made the playoffs anyway. The Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, and Grizzlies. Every team but the Grizzlies is over 500 and pretty good. Then also, since there are 13 Western teams in, the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns will also be in this tournament playoff thing. So the only two Western Conference teams that are not in this tournament are the Timberwolves and the Warriors. Hey, remember when somebody thought Minnesota would be good? Nope. The Eastern Conference is RJ's Milwaukee Bucks. Then the Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, Magic... Wizards, Hornets, oh, sorry, just Wizards, not Hornets, uh, just Wizards, it cuts off at nine. So, Easter Conference teams, Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, Magic, Wizards. And the Wizards have 24 wins. So, my first bone of contention, RJ, what would you rather watch? Out of these four teams, pick two, okay? The Phoenix Suns, the John Wallace Wizards, the Charlotte Hornets, and the Chicago Bulls. Pick two of those teams that you would like to watch more. I mean, the Bulls would probably be number one. I mean, I would think they'd want the Bulls in there just because, I mean, the Bulls, it's Chicago, big basketball city, so I feel like, a lot of Bulls fans are going to be upset that they're not in this and a team like the Wizards are. And I mean, I mean, I guess as far as talent wise, you would probably go with the Wizards because they do have Bradley Beal. The Suns really only have Devin Booker and the Hornets. They don't really have any big name stars in their squad, but they do have a lot of young rookies and they're actually it could be an up and developing team, maybe in the next couple of years, if Michael Jordan doesn't screw up the entire organization again. But I mean, I would definitely the Bulls would probably be the one that like I want in there the most because I mean, you know, kind of the inter- I was thinking about this the other day, as a matter of fact, kind of how like you know with Wisconsin and Illinois sports rivalries, how you know you have the Bears and Packers are a big one, obviously the Brewers and Cubs are pretty big again, but the Bucks and the Bulls, they're not really two big rivals. You really don't hear a lot of them in terms of rivalry very much, mainly because, I mean, usually the Bucks are usually not that good. But, you know, I would like to see the Bucks and the Bulls face off in the playoffs maybe again. Well, see, I thought that too, but, you know, the thing with the a Bucks versus Bulls rivalry is, I mean, you got to have two of them to be any good at the same time. Because I don't think, so like like the 90s when everybody thinks about the Bulls. So the 80s and 90s, the Bucks weren't any good. We were good in the 80s. Okay, so the 90s, the Bucks weren't any good when the Bulls were true, you know, when, when the Pacers were huge and the Cavs were a deal in the early 80s and Mark Price and, and all that stuff. Like, when the division was decent, then the Knicks, and then, you know, that whole thing. When that's all kicking off, the Bucks aren't really very good. 
Then you have like Ben Gordon, like Kirk Heinrich area of time. How were you guys like 03 to Derek in 11? Pretty terrible, right? Uh, I mean, we made the playoffs a couple times, but never made it out of the first round. Because I don't remember any staunch Bucks challenge when D Rose was inning MVPs. You know, I don't remember hearing about that. Like, I hear about, like, the anti-LeBron and the Miami Heat and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when the Pacers had Paul George. And before you, that was before Oladipo got there, really, when the Bulls were competing with them seriously. But um, Oladipo, Lance Stevenson, like, really solid Indiana Pacers teams that competed with the Bulls in the division. You obviously, like when we're talking like Ben Gordon, Kirk Heinrich, Luol Deng, Joakim Noah, like the the decent Bulls teams, but the not good enough to make a ton of noise Bulls teams. Those Bulls, you had Cleveland with LeBron around. Like, you just can't get the Bucks and Bulls to be good at the same time, it seems. No. So... Uh, there will be eight games as though there's a regular season. So like eight regular season games in this little 24 team shindig or no wait, 22 team shindig, uh, 22 team shindig, eight regular season games. And then we'll go to playoffs. Um, what's your, what's your thoughts on this whole NBA plan? Like the, the 22 teams, the, you know, playing them in Orlando all in one place. I'm a little concerned about that personally. What do you think about that? I mean, the 22 team thing makes sense just because, you know, I mean, players have come out and said, you know, they really don't want to go all the way to Orlando to play eight regular season games and then be done for the season. They kind of want yep. to make the playoffs. So how they're doing the teams, I think, makes sense. I, I you know, obviously, you know, you definitely do need like an eight to 10 game you know, regular season just to kind of get the guys warmed back up and back in, you know, playing mode, I think. Because they're doing that instead of, a, like, a training camp, right? Yeah, that's how they're doing that. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, from what I, under, from what I understand, I mean, if your state is open, you are allowed to be back and practicing, I believe, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I like proper the, guidelines, of course. Yeah, and I like the eight. Yeah, so I like the eight regular season games. You know, in terms of being in one place, I mean, you know, Orlando's already a pretty populated city. I mean, I feel like most of these guys, you know, live in pretty populated areas. So, I mean, I feel like as long as there's extensive testing available to them, you know, to make sure, you know, that if one guy has it, doesn't get spread, then, you know, then I could say, yeah, that's okay, but... The problem is, is if you do that, then you're going to have people saying, well, how come the NBA players are getting testing available and my community's not? So there's, I mean, that's, I think that's going to be a little bit of an issue if that ends up going around. But I mean, you know, people have said that they want the league to resume and if the players feel safe that this is how they want to go about it, then by all means, if the players feel safe and the league feels it's safe to do, then let's do it. Yeah, I think the other um, the other really interesting thing here involves the Raptors, um, which is, you know, there's uh, the thing with Canada, they're taking it 
a little bit more seriously than the U.S. is as far as entering and exiting the country. Yeah, right. And you have to be quarantined for two weeks in order to enter Canada. So the Raptors, there's going to be a little extra pressure on them, on the on the folks that um, that that like live there permanently, have family up there, because they won't be able to get back into Canada for you know another further two weeks uh, after the season ends, you know, title or not. So uh, I think it's going to be um, really, uh, really interesting, to say the least. So, RJ, another thing. Uh, that I want to talk about is do you think the right teams are here? Because I'm going to mention, you know, I'd kind of rather see the Bulls. You think maybe that they should have done even... Let's say you, you still wanted to get to 22. Right? Right. How would you have felt if they went with... Uh, let's see. Let's drop the Suns. Do you want to keep the Spurs or no? Yeah, I'll keep the Spurs. Okay, so drop the Suns and add the Hornets. Does that does that make you feel any better about this? Or and, and the other question I have: Are you looking forward to this as a Bucks fan? Yeah, I mean, I definitely with the Bucks of how well they are playing, being one of the NBA's best teams, I was definitely looking forward to the season resuming, having Milwaukee an opportunity to win the championship, and you know. When it comes down to like the lower seeded teams, I mean, probably not going to matter that much because most because they're like probably not going to be able to be able to beat the the Lakers or you know Milwaukee or anything like uh-huh. that. Just because you know there's a different level of talent, so I mean, I mean, really, kind of like I said, you know, if I'm a player on one of the lower seeded teams, I'm kind of thinking, you know. I'm not going to have an opportunity to win, win the championship because my team's not good enough. So I really don't want to go down there and play and get knocked out right away. So, I mean, right. they maybe should have done like the top 10 teams, maybe from each conference. That might have been a better way to do it. But, yeah, because it aren't. Orlando and Washington basically going to get to face off for the right to see who gets slaughtered by the Bucks. Yeah, basically. I mean, I hope and... that. I mean, I hope the Bucks, you know, beat them. I mean, they're the Wizards always give us trouble for some reasons because they can score a lot of points. But yeah, but there's no John Wall, right? So I think you'd be all right. Um... Well, I guess that answered my next question. I was going to ask, you know, as a as a Bucks fan, who you rather see? Would would you rather see Orlando or Washington? I'd rather see Orlando. Cuz I think that's interesting considering that Orlando has stronger bigs than um than Washington does and you know, there's that whole Giannis guy but other than that, shooting bigs is a pretty decent bit, I'd say, of what makes the Bucks the Bucks. Yeah, but I mean, the thing with the Wizards that I we up for some 
Bradley Beal, every time he plays the Bucks, he'll go off for like a whole bunch of points. The Wizards, they're a good three-point shooting team, and three-point shooting is the defense is kind of what hurts the Bucks a lot. So I'm kind of more confident in them being able to defend the inside and stopping Orlando because I don't think, I mean, Orlando doesn't really have many good shooters where the Wizards, they got a couple of pretty solid shooters. So I'd rather play an inside game because I feel like the Bucks are going to be talented enough and they're more, a lot older than the guys in the Magic are that be able to win that series personally. Maybe I just like me some Nico Vus uh, a little too much, uh, you know. So, uh, so, you know, RJ, another thing that I was thinking of is, you know, with with the NBA and and all that's going on there. Do you think they're handling this well compared to the other sports? Like, where would you put the NBA in regards to, say, our, our next topic, Major League Baseball? Now, it, it could be right to say that Major League Baseball is handling this about the worst you could. But, I still, I digress. How do you think the, N, uh, the um, I almost said the NHL, um, the NBA is handling this compared to the other leagues? I think they're doing very well. I mean, you know, like the NHL, they came out with a playoff proposal already, and the NBA, they just came out with one. You know, the NFL, they're not really doing a whole... In the NFL, I don't really don't feel like they're going to really do much. I mean, all really the NFL's kind of says... I, I did see that they said you're not you're only allowed to train at your own team's facilities for training camp, which mm-hmm. makes complete sense. So, I mean, the NFL, the NFL hasn't really had to do much just because, like, this hasn't, like, impacted their season at all really yet. So, I feel like the NBA and the NHL, both of them have been doing fine. You know, they stopped play when they felt it was necessary to keep players safe, which I understand. And they have definitely taken their time of making sure stuff's okay to reopen everything. And... Obviously, the neutral site, they really can't do much about that because, you know, they got to limit the travel and stuff. So I feel like they're doing a good job handling this. Right. All right. Let's move on to the MLB. So the NBA, they're doing a 22. Oh, uh, I'm going to get that start date up real quick. I think it's July 31st. They will be played... At Disney World, er, at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in in Orlando, so it's that they're not being played at. Oh, I can't think of the home of the Magic now. And yeah, you're right. Uh, July 31st is the expected return date. All right. On to, uh, Amway Center. There you go. I think that's where the Magic play. It's not at Amway. No, it's at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Cup. So, you know, the the Magic won't have uh, an unfair advantage. Well, I mean, fans aren't going to be able to go anyway, so. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But, well, I mean, your own stadium, you're most familiar with it. You yeah. know, you play there the most. Yeah, that is true. They will still have some of an advantage because I think with or without fans – 
there's an advantage. This is something that I kind of mentioned when I was talking about the possibility of the Hawks hosting an NHL uh, playoff is look, you can have a, a scenario where just, especially if you're dealing with a Canadian team, because they know they have so they have a, an even longer road than American teams, even after this before and after this. Um, but there is a certain advantage to being in familiar territory in an unfamiliar situation. And I think there's a home advantage even without fans involved. Whether this will completely bear out or not, I have no idea, but I think it will. You know, because again, the idea of home cooking, which is, you know, a, a phrase to mean, you know, not sleeping in a hotel not dealing with a time change, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like the Magic would still have to stay in a hotel. Yeah. So, but, you know, so, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, if you do this at, at Disney World, Orlando doesn't have, the Magic don't have to travel as far, but they're not completely getting a home court advantage. Right. Like, if you would have done it in Amway. And I also wonder, who is this going to be telecast by? Because, and this is what I asked with baseball and with uh, the NHL, too. Who are you going to do this with? It'll probably be ESPN, since, I mean, it's going to be at their complex, really. I mean, I really don't Yeah, but, well, but no, wait a minute. That playoff contract is with TNT, too. Yeah. So, are you going to bring TNT in, too? I mean, if the contract says they have to, then they probably will. But, you know, I mean, what does the situation say? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a really interesting question. What they do with, like, with with the TV deals. What yeah. gets done with TV crews. Yeah, it's... Definitely an interesting question because it's the I was talking to somebody the other day and it was kind of funny how they were saying like they're watching the news and the news reporter was doing his newscast at his house, but like yet they showed the people in the back of the studio and all of them like were crouched all together in the news mm-hmm. studio. Yep. All right, you ready to go baseball? Yep. All right. Sorry, I had a big yawn right there. All right. So in baseball so far, we've had two ideas laid out. An 82-game season with a, quite frankly, pathetic pay scale and a 114 season with a bit better pay scale. And they're supposing it to be done in home parks. The, the games be done in home parks. For the 82-game regular season that baseball said, the owners said opening day June 30, regular season ends Oct 31. So we are playing the postseason in November. 
on the oh no i'm sorry this is written a little weirdly that is on the 114 game schedule yeah would be uh postseason in november now we're supposed to have a black winter and covid is supposed to come back the owners told the players no because they don't want to have november get here postseason comes and bam tv money goes away because $800 million in postseason TV revenue is on the line, which to me just shows what BS this is. That the, the, the owners want the players to take gigantic pay cuts. It's stupid. Apparently, baseball has suggested and molded around the fact that there could be just a 50-game regular season, then playoffs. No further salary reduction, so they stay at the 50% cut that they've already gotten. And baseball players say, we want to play more games and they want to play less. We want more baseball. That's what some players told ESPN. And some of them said they wouldn't play a shorter schedule. And that's the other interesting thing, RJ. The MLB proposal of 82 games and the sliding pay scale where basically Trout would make $7 bucks instead of 40 and the minimum guys would make like 100k instead of 700 the utter ridiculousness that the players soundly rejected what's kind of odd to me is number 1 bitching about the 800 million dollars you may lose if you play in november and then asking for 20 asking for people to take 20% of their regular salary of their like of their regular full season salary, even though you're playing fifty percent of the games. The other thing that is very interesting to me in here is we just see really how far apart the MLBPA and the MLB are on negotiations, and you see the problems that baseball has. So the players proposed this deal. Then Jeff Passan dropped a bomb a couple of days ago. The MLB said no. And apparently there's no open proposal on the table. The only thing could be this possible 50 games that was reported as bubbling up early this week. And yeah, there, there, there's a problem. Um, the MLB doesn't have a counter. For the 114, they're saying, here's our 82, take it, leave it, or come up with something else. And they may go to 50 games. If if nothing else happens, there may be some kind of, of default thing. And I don't see, if you go to 50, you lose money, the players lose money, the owners lose money, everyone loses money, Manfred loses money. There's there there's big time problems here if you only play fifty games. Absolutely. And there's problems everywhere. And like the article again, I'll plug it that I just did: millionaires versus billionaires. Right? You know, it's sixty million dollars in local TV revenue for eighty-two games, and. It's the the national deals are yearly deals, so they already have that money. And the shared revenue is already going to happen, so they have that money. 
every team in baseball just on television rights and the shared revenue that they do can pay player salaries. That is not taking into account. Now, this is just using the White Sox and Cubs as a background for a one-size-fits-all kind of deal. And yes, I understand the Baltimore Orioles TV Orioles, excuse me, local TV deal will be smaller. But keep in mind also they have a much smaller payroll of players and everything. People even watch the Orioles? Uh, Supposedly. That's not taking into account any merchandising that they can pay all their players. So I don't understand this. This is just, you know, sheer owner greed. Wishing for more. You know, they just want more money. That's the same as always. And RJ, this is where I want to get into this with you, not get into it like fight, but I want to ask you something is I've never gotten the idea that the players bit or that the fans bitch to the players. Oh, just play for the love of the game. Why does the working class in America side with the billionaires more than the players who are also like working? Like you don't see people up a crick without a paddle when Amazon actually wants to pay its employees more. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, th- this to me is like if Amazon said LOL JK to $15 an hour and went back to like nine, and the general public was mad at the Amazon workers for protesting it. You know, say that happened. Amazon did deep cut in salaries. And then, you know, people were like, okay, we'll do it. Try to cut them again. Nope, we won't do it. We're going to protest or, you know, whatever. We're going to fight with you, whatever. And then the general public just sided with Amazon. Like, why? Uh, you know, that wouldn't, no, you know, would that make sense? No. So then why does this make sense? I mean, I feel like a reason could be is that you know, you always hear the about big base, big name baseball players and all the money they make. So I feel like maybe the public's like, well, I mean, they've made so much money already. You know, they can take a pay cut. But I feel like what people maybe don't realize is how much money the owners make every single yep, season. Yep. They probably make more than all their players do combined. Oh, yes. So especially if you're the owner of the Yankees, the Dodgers. Cubs. No, we don't talk about him. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, the brother said something stupid. Um, so yet another Ricketts decided to be an idiot. Well, that doesn't surprise me because the Cubs owners, they you typically can't go an entire season without saying something stupid. So you, So you stand with the players then on this, I take it. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I don't agree on the players' negotiations is them having the postseason start in November. That I don't agree with. That's the only thing that I don't like about that. Yeah, and I I don't disagree with it. or I do disagree with it, but not for the baseball money reason. But... For or not for the TV money reason, but for the reason of oh dear God, it's November. Yes, because <laughs> if you have a situation where you, the Yankees or the Cubs or the Cardinals or the like, 
Do the Twins have a, I think the Twins have a roof on their stadium, don't they? No, Target. No, no, no. Target doesn't. Okay. Target doesn't. I'm, I'm, I think I'm thinking maybe Toronto that has it too. Yes, Tor- Toronto okay. does. Yes, they still play in the Rogers Center. Yes. Yeah. It, okay. Minnesota used to and then decided not to with their new one, which was dumb. Yeah. Arlington has one, right? Uh, the new one? Maybe. I don't know. Houston? I, the, the, Houston does. Okay. There's a couple of places that got them. But, yeah, like, go ahead and make your point. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, if you got to play, like, the playoffs at Wrigley, St. Louis, Minnesota, New York, Boston, I mean, I'm not even Milwaukee? Gonna... No, Milwaukee has a roof, so we'll be fine. Oh, you guys have a roof, okay. We have a retractable roof. We can open it. I was going to say, you know, the worst place I want to go is either Toronto or Milwaukee, <laughs> but you guys have a roof, yeah. Uh, yeah. Minnesota doesn't have a roof, no, so that'd be another good one. Yeah. Or a bad one. And, I mean, even some, like, teams down south and out west where the weather is warmer, but they still get a lot of rain in the winter. So that's also a problem. So, yeah, between the, the weather, I just think in November just won't make it work unless they want to play the playoffs at, like, a neutral site with, like, a roof or something. I don't know. And so if you do do that, if you do go to a neutral site, well, then that's quite weird for baseball's playoffs. But even still, you know, I I still think you can say that this is America's pastime. You can still say that all you want. Guess what's going to be here in November? Football. Yeah. Guess what's king in America in sports? Football. Yeah. American football. Do you really want to fight with football? No, because, I mean, I've said this in the past. The MLB fights with them enough. It is as with having their postseason in October. Basically, by the time September rolls around, unless your team is actually in a playoff race, they're gonna the fans are going to stop giving a crap. Yeah, unless Which, they're diehard baseball people yeah. and not so much football people. There's not a lot of those. No, which is why come September, 90% of MLB stadiums are dead. Well, that's also because 30% of the teams are god-awful. That's also true. And and what one less team will be god-awful this year, uh, mind you? White Sox, baby. World teams. Uh, no, I'm kidding. This is only just. Well, anyway. Well, Mike, I mean, if the MLB season started in September, by the end of this season, they would probably still have double the amount of wins the Bears do. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Nick Foles for the win, baby. Nah, Mitch Trubisky. That's who the... This is something we will go over with our day. Did you see the idiot that does Sunday Night Football, their analyst? They have some bozo that's doing a top 40 quarterbacks list. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm going to go through this with you. We will do this after baseball. This will be our wrap up for the day because I forgot about this. 
this will this will be our wrap up for the day because this is just I gotta find this because this is amazing to me that we have the top ten so it you know it can be nice and short you know what I mean yeah back to baseball though all right so we have the hundred and fourteen games with a player opt out and I think that is very important to say because the MLB proposal is like, well, everybody has to do this because, you know, we're saying you have to. And the players have a bigger baseball season with a player opt-out that's like, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to play for less money and get corona. Like, I'm going to stay home. Right. So, which idea did you like better? The 82 games and the sliding scale salaries... Or the 114 games, no salary reduction, and um, the idea that players can opt out. Which of the two, if you looked at both of them, like which two would you like better? Well, I would like the 114 game one more just because, I mean, I still feel the players should be getting paid for the games that they are playing. I mean, with a. I mean, if they started it like July 1st, they just wouldn't get paid for the games that they didn't play in April, May, and June. Yep. So just start paying them what you normally would be paying them in July. Because like you said, Mike, the broadcast deals and everything is enough for the owners to give them money. And, and here's another repeat, and another repeat thing that I'm going to repeat. So that ten times fast. RJ, you have worked broadcast crews like in at Western, like I did, right? Correct. I can't remember the exact number, but I have a basic idea. Between and. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you work baseball games yet? No, we never got to. We only did. I only did basketball. Oh, you never did work baseball. Okay. So we're going to assume, I'll assume one utility man, one really hardworking utility man. Mm-hmm. How many, with a, like a pro baseball crew, let's say, what, you want to say six cameras? I mean, that are manned. I would say maybe eight. I'd say eight to ten, honestly. You want to? Oh, eight. You think there's eight, man? I'm trying to think of where cameras are. First base and third base. The two angles behind the dugout, center field, left to right. Okay, we'll go eight. I think I'm at eight. Um, so let's go six to eight cameramen. Yeah. Two utility guys, because you need guys running around, cables or whatever. Truck, you're going to have an audio guy. You can do more nowadays, but you're still going to need a producer, director, technical director, assistant producer. Two guys to call the game. A, a statistician or a spotter. Maybe the guy can do both up in the booth with the broadcasters. Then you also have the radio people. Radio, it's only two guys. You're not going to need somebody back in the studio, although you may have an on-site producer for a radio broadcast. They seem to do that nowadays. Basically, my point is, 
you're this is what is would you say 20 people oh a minimum for for a tv crew if you if you think what's the minimum you could do this with you know it, keep in mind you know like in college when we're rotating there's not deep rotations like that but like i'm thinking you could get away with a broadcast of 20 people then you need to say three for tv you need three people there for radio are there going to be local broadcasts if we're doing this like is espn going to come in and do sunday night baseball and the Cubs still get their home broadcast, or the Cubs get their home broadcast at all? Like, how how are you going to do this? Um, this is a bigger question to me for the NBA, because everybody would have to be in one city at one time. This with home ballparks, I think, may be a bit easier to solve. But I still think it's really interesting, because you have states like Illinois, where even when this would go down, you still can't, you aren't supposed to have more than 50 people in an area. Now, you can socially distance much better in a baseball stadium, but you're going, some of these people are going to have to be really close together. And I'm not even counting writers here. So, what do you think of the media issue for this? How do you, what, do you have an idea on how to solve this? And what's your idea? I mean, the simplest solution would be to just not have TV at all, because, like you said, with the radio, it just, takes your entire crew down to only a couple people so i mean the easiest way to do it would be to have just radio and if they wanted to have tv which i'm assuming they're going to want to have tv i mean yeah like you said i mean you got fox espn tbs does games there's probably numerous more so yeah, the it's just you just gotta I think at that point just figure out, you know, how many people you need and then I mean make it a minimum a minimum and then just maybe have one crew work one game, then another crew work the next day or vice versa. Something like that would probably be the easiest way to do it, I guess. But and again, that's the problem. It's just with the media I mean, I'm assuming they're all going to be wearing masks and everything because you pretty much have to now a days in a lot of places, especially when you're all close together like that. But, I mean, there's not really an easy way to solve this and figure this out. The easiest, I mean, the easiest way would to just not even have media at all and just have the players play it. And obviously, again, like you said, the greedy MLB owners, they're not going to agree to that. So you got to, and obviously... There are going to be a lot of upset fans, I feel like, if they did do that, too, because obviously fans want to know what's happening. But I don't know exactly how they would go about it because it's very complicated. And also, I don't think no media is, you know, in, in play because, like you said, you know, the owners want their money. And also, gee, I mean, you're going to have a problem. If you do that, you're going to have an issue where basically, you know, you're going to cost yourself a lot of money. Because remember, the owners don't want the season to last till, you know, November. Or was it? Yeah, they don't want the playoffs to start until November. Like, they don't want the playoffs starting in November. 
For what reason? Because apparently there's supposed to be another huge outbreak in November of coronavirus. And they don't want the TV money to go away, right? Correct. So TV money going away in an auction. You're going to have to pack all these media people in here. I mean, they will obviously social. They'll find a way to social distance in the booths. But I think it's a real interesting um, media question. And yeah, no, um, owners versus players. I'm on the player's side. I think the player's proposal works better, but I do think it should be more like an 82-game season because I don't like the idea of baseball in November. I don't think it's good for the game to baseball in November. They already go long enough as is. Exactly. Like, basically all the sports do. Like... When you're done with baseball in November, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of good to go on baseball, aren't you? Yeah. Like, I feel that way with most every sport. When it's done, I'm ready for it to be done and move on to the next thing. You know, because the dog days of summer, baseball goes away, and then here comes the fall. You know, football, basketball's in. NHL's end. Here we go. Here comes all this fun stuff. You know, I I, I want baseball in November. I don't want all this stuff. It's kind of ridiculous they play as long as they do. Well, yeah, because they should be they really should just play until August and then have this playoffs in September. Yeah. I never used to be for change to major sports, but I really think they had shortened baseball season. Yes. And the baseball season is too long. Yes, and it's just it, it's guys are wearing out their bodies and they're not able to play as long. Yep. I mean, that's... and you could also fix, and I don't know if you've ever really talked about this on a podcast, radio show, something like that. So I'll take this chance now. Do you think interleague play is good? Because I don't like it. Are you saying like with the AL and the NL? Yeah, like I'm saying, if you would dump interleague play, you could shorten your season and and have the playoffs be more exciting. Because then then the World Cheer- Series and the end, you would you would value up the All Star Game too, which Manfred seems so desperate to do as well. well he um, ruined that because that would be the one time of year you see AL and L face off. Yeah, but that still wouldn't work. What made the MLB All Star Game like? worthy of watching was like because it gave the league the advantage in the world series but because the all the cub fans cried about it then they took it away <laughs> man what do you got against the cubs mr brewers what don't i have against the cubs oh is it just because you can't fill your own home park no it's just because the fans are annoying <laughs> Cardinals fans can attest. You should be. Able I don't know. I just I. You should be able to attest too. If you want to talk about Cubs fans of Brendan Reedy, he'll give you his whole. whole oh no! I know. I just think it's weird. I think it's odd the alliance between the Brewer, between Brewers and Cardinals fans. I find it weird. The, the Cubs' hate is so strong for both of them, they just kind of ignore the rivalry they should have. Yeah, honestly. How do you think me and Pontifex got a, 
became such good friends. Right, right. It's like, but you guys are also division rivals. You know that, right? No, we just hate the Cubs. Oh, okay. That's weird. Anyway, so uh, for for baseball, uh, anything left with the plan for you? Oh, uh, oh, I was going to expound my thoughts on interleague play. That's what I was going to do. I'll ask my place for just a second. Okay, here's the thing. If you dumped interleague play, you go ahead and protect Cubs, Sox, Yankees, Mets, and Angels, Dodgers. Protect the crosstown rivalries. Those are the only ones. Can you think of any other rivalries, ALNL, that you would want to protect? Um, Brewers, Twins, because we always play the Twins. Okay. But, I mean, other than that, I can't really think of any. Maybe you have a Giants A's. Okay. I mean, yeah. Giants A's should be protected. Oh. We can protect Reds Indians. So everybody can basically have one other team. Now that I'm thinking about this. Yeah. Because I think you can pair all the AL teams off with one other NL team that's really close, right? Yeah, almost not all of them. So anyway, so you can pair them off, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a series or two in the middle of the year, like kind of like we used to. But I think if you get rid of the year league interleague and just the year-long interleague play and delete those games, it'd be better. The World Series would be more exciting because you wouldn't see those guys play as much. You would make the All-Star game more exciting without having the gimmick of crap out of it. And things would just be better in general in baseball, I think, if interleague play didn't exist to the extent that it does now. Yeah, but... I mean, the reason they want more, they wanted more interleague play is because, I mean, you know, teams weren't playing people, you know, very often. So, you know, it's like if you want to, you know, if you want to see Mike Trout play, but you live in Milwaukee, you'd only get to see him. And you only get to see him play there once every, I think, three years as it is. And it's, they right. switch, I think they switch off who gets to be home every other year. So really at that point, it's like once every six years, you would see the angels in Milwaukee. So I would honestly like, I mean, they really should kind of just get rid of the AL and all thing. And really you should play like every team, every single, at least once every single year or kind of do like how the, like, like how the NBA does, you know, you play more Eastern conference teams if you're in the East, but you play a couple games a year against teams in the West. You have one, Oh, so, so you want to go as far as to do the NBA thing? Yeah, I kind of like that. You know, you have one series at your home ballpark and one series at theirs. Even if it's for only like two games, you know, you just hit all your stops on a, on a road trip on the West Coast. And then another month you do the East Coast. Another month you do like down south. And then God, another- how many uh, are you going to? So are you going to play less division games to keep it to 162 then? Well, yeah, you would have to. Because if you're playing a home-and-home with every team... Well, then you don't have to do home-and-home. Home. You can just switch it off every year. Okay, that's okay. That's a little better. That you're going to be... You could still be able to keep. Keep 162. That way, yeah. Okay, so, well, that's certainly interesting. Uh, you all for it and me not for it. Um, or even if, yeah, no. I, or even if you did, like, two games at one team's ballpark and two at another. 
mm-hmm. and you would only play a team four games out of the year. Yeah, but you do you still want to have um, a, as much like division play? I mean, I don't like, think that, there shouldn't be really as much as there is, in my opinion, just because I mean it can get kind of. I mean, you can kind of get tired of seeing the same four teams so much. But, you know, I understand the division rivalries and stuff like that, why they do have it that way. So I don't hate it, but I just Mm -hmm. think it should be. I would like it more if it was like the way I kind of described it. You know, see the Yankees once a year and, you know, the Red Sox and all those teams. Because, you know, you get sick of seeing the Cub fans so much. Sounds like, look, man, it just sounds like you're salty about uh, about not being able to uh, have a home game at your stadium 16 times a year when you're supposed to be at home. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones that come up and spend all their money for our, for our economy. You know, I'm all for it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my oh. See, here's the thing. And you can you can call me out all you want on this. I'm one of those people, I don't, I don't have, like, my allegiance is to the Sox, and if they're playing, you damn right I'm rooting for the White Sox. I'm not death to Cubs. Like, like, like some other White Sox fans are, for some reason. Like, I'm not that far on that train. Like, I am in the camp of... Hey, this is a Chicago team, and they're really close. So they're not my favorite team, but I like them too. And I feel like that's a wholly reasonable logic to have. I don't, you know, I don't think that that's that sh- that should be considered that part of the beaten path, like it is for whatever reason. But, you know, and and if you want to be like RJ, and if RJ, if you have a problem with Cubs fans, that's fine. I don't know what your problem is, but, you know, I haven't been to that many baseball games and certainly haven't been in Milwaukee. So if you have some horror story of a, of annoying Cubs fans, you know, I'm more annoyed by Tigers fans than I am Cubs fans. Tigers have fans. Right. I said I'm more annoyed by them than I am Cub fans. Yeah, but yet the Tigers have one fan, and that's Chris Bean. Yes, it is. Hi, Chris. All right, RJ Larson. One more thing before we go. How about it? All right. Oh, can I say one? Can I say one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What they really should do is either get rid of the American League's DH or add a DH to the National League. Well, because the DH is already going. Oh, you know what? Yeah, scrap the football thing. I can save that. We can just do this for the next ten minutes. Get a DH in the NL. Yes. Oh. I kind of figured you were going to fight me on this. No, I'm all for it. I don't. I don't hate the idea of having it. Not. I'm, I just don't like that the American League teams get to have one. National League teams don't. Either make it so that. Pitchers have to bat in the American League or make it so that there's a DH in the National League. And I mean, at this point, 
they might as well just add a DH into the National League because nowhere in the minor leagues, nowhere in college, unless you want them to, do they have pitchers bat. Like in minor league baseball. In minor league baseball. Isn't one of the triple A's? I don't. I I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe so. At least in in the league that the bees are in, the Midwest League, there's no pit, no pitchers bat at all. I guess. Yeah, I know. I know in the lower levels it's DHs. I thought one of the Triple A's had a DH and the other one didn't. I might be wrong though. That could that could have changed. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow Triple A that much. I'm more of the single A level. So, but yeah, like like I think making your point about Burlington is a great idea because that's where not every younger guy, but that's where your young guys come from, right? Your minor league system. So you don't teach people to hit at the low at in the minors. Exactly. You're right. They don't hit in college. Mm -hmm. I don't know about summer ball. And the other question is, is do they have, I mean, do pitchers have to bat in, like, other countries when they're coming up for, like, high school and stuff? Because, you know, you would think if, you know, in a lot of those, a lot of the foreign countries that they have, like, those training academies in and stuff, especially, like, Puerto Rico, like, if mm -hmm. a kid's a really good pitcher, I would think they'd want to have him focus on pitching, not so much hitting. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, and, you know, baseball, one of the great things about baseball is there's such a foreign presence of it. There's so many great cultures, personalities embedded in baseball with all these guys from other countries. You don't know, like, what their training stuff is like when they're young. Obviously, you know, in the U.S. with Little League, you pretty much have to learn how to bat. And if you become a pitcher, typically you bat too. But there comes mm -hmm. a there, it, even in high school they don't have their good pitchers bat unless like they they're really good. And most high schools have their, have just a regular DH like they do in the American league. So even like when it gets up to high school, pitchers aren't even focused on batting anymore. It's all about pitching. And there is an awful lot of specialization going on now. Mm-hmm. You know, guys playing one sport for for so many months out of the year, not just, you know, <laughs> baseball season ain't just in the summer anymore. Exactly. Or just in spring anymore. It's like all year round. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think you have a, a really good point. You know what? We have hit the one-hour mark. I'm going to save the, that list that I was talking about, the quarterback's list, until it's more complete. Maybe we can have you on for that one then. Oh, one more thing I do want to go over with you. Since we're about at the hour, I do want to start winding this down, have this be a nice, shorter episode. And thank you very much for coming on, by the way. Yeah, you have interaction with minor league players like most fans don't. You're a broadcaster for them. I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff about, like, David Price having to pay Dodgers minor leaguers some money to help them out because the team isn't paying them as much. Right. What do you think about that stuff? I mean, from what I know about minor league baseball players' salaries, I know they don't get they didn't they weren't getting very paid very much even when like they were playing stuff. I mean, a lot of minor league players 
have to have jobs in the off season to support themselves because, you know, like you said, they aren't getting a whole lot of money from teams. Some guys, it's not the case. Um, you know, the upper, you know, higher draft guys, you know, they typically get signing bonuses and stuff. So like, I mean, when Gavin Lux got drafted, I think he got like a $3 million signing bonus when the Dodgers drafted him. So, I mean, that kind of all depends on, you know, the player in terms of their financial needs. But, yeah, I definitely applaud David Price and all the other players who are, you know, helping out the minor league guys because, I mean, they're not getting a whole lot. They weren't getting a whole lot of money as it was. And, obviously, they are used to playing by now. I mean, they do get – I mean, I know – I don't I can't speak on every, you know, minor league team and what they do, but I know with the bees in the Angel system, they get a place to live. It's at a person's house. Most of it's pretty much always at a person's house. They have like a uh forgot what they call it, but it's like just like they stay at a person's house. Host family. Yeah, host family, thank That's you. That's the word you're looking for. Yep. They have a host family and they get meals before all the games and stuff like that and they get meals after the game the host families in burlington are very generous i mean one of one guy i know that goes to every single home game he makes like a giant meal for like the entire team every sunday because our games are done by 5 30 so the, I, I know the host families are very generous with their great loving conditions so i mean during the season you know the guys didn't need a whole lot of money because, you know, they got a lot of stuff for free. But, you know, like like I've said, you know, once the season's over, they don't get paid a whole lot during the season. So a lot of them, they go back home, then they have a, have a job back home that they can work at. I mean, I think Michael Stefanik, he was a player in the Bees, or he, he played for the Bees for a little bit before he got called to the Inland. He had, like, his, he had like his own business or something, or he was, like, mm-hmm. a co-partner of, like, a business or something he worked at. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys that like I worked with the bees. I actually saw on LinkedIn with like their jobs and stuff. Right. So yeah, a lot of them do have jobs that they rely on. So and like I said, they don't get paid a whole lot during the season. And I'm sure some of them are definitely struggling financially right now. I mean, I would imagine the forum players are probably as well. So definitely, I definitely do think it's great that the MLB players are paying, helping them out. And I can't really say about, you know, the MLB, how they're handling it. It's Cause I don't know the whole situation. I mean, some teams are probably paying other players more than others. So I don't know exactly if they're, how they're doing it, but. Yeah. And like with stadium employees, even, <clears throat> you know, the Cubs are paying their stadium employees or they're not paying their stadium employees full salaries. They're paying them half and the White Sox are paying them full. And, you know, the White Sox for the longest time, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf has been given a lot of hell for being cheap mm-hmm. from Sox fans, from Chicago media, from just everywhere. Well, he has been known as this horribly cheap individual and now all of a sudden, when it's not just player payroll or throwing money at guys, when it's like helping your employees that aren't your players, your MLB players, helping your you know employees' livelihood, mm-hmm. 
now all of a sudden he's the one spending the money. Well, there's a difference between, you know, helping out your regular stadium operation employees between there's a difference between, you know, helping them out and, you know, helping out, you know, the players. Cause I mean, and like, I, I know I've talked to Sox fans. They consider him cheap because he doesn't sign free agents and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. And that, that was another good point. You know, with the stadium operations, people that rely on this as their jobs. I mean, I'm sure they're wishing baseball comes back too as soon as possible. Everyone, everyone just wants baseball back. And with how, the league and the MLB Players Association are still butting heads about it. I don't see it happening this year. Well, you preempted a question of mine once again, and I was just going to say, RJ, you think it's going to happen? Because if you're on the baseball coming back train, I don't know if I have that much hope to provide you. No. Based on what I see. I mean, if... The MLB would have said, we reject your offer, but we're going to try to counter it again. Then I would be like, okay, then maybe it can still happen. You know, it's kind of like when you go on Shark Tank, you know, the shark gives an offer. You have your original offer, then the sharks give an offer, then you usually, you know, counter offer until you reach an agreement. That's not happening. It's basically like you go on the Shark Tank, you give them an offer, they give you a counter offer, and you say, nope. I'm sticking to what I gave you in the first place. And yeah. if you don't, and they like say, it, okay, nope. Like any, any negotiations like that though, it's like, okay, my offer, your offer. Oh, well, I guess we can't come to an agreement. Well, wait a minute. I mean, you, so you didn't get closer. Like, you know, there's, there's like, there's some disconnect. There's something going on here. I worry about a strike. I really do because the players are clearly, you're not happy. No, the owners seem to be content with pushing the players around, and I really doubt that they're going to put up with that for too long. No, I mean, there's the players were upset about stuff happening in the league as it was. Right, so, right. You already had an angry, angry players, players union anyway. anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they have never been happy with Manson. Manson. No, well, I that I can completely agree with. But, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for the Maguire, <clears throat> the Maguire Sosa stuff in the 90s, you know, baseball probably wouldn't be, even be around today. I mean, a lot of those 90s players ended up saving baseball. And now the league is just kind of dipping its way back into a big hole again. All right. Well, that is going to be it for this edition of the Sports Fixins podcast. Like I said, didn't want to do a several hour or two hour or whatever didn't want to do a big time extravaganza here i wanted to do something maybe not necessarily short but get something up here and just you know address a couple of topics and i think we've done a perfectly good job of that rj thank you very much i texted you like last night saying that uh, i needed a little help <laughs> so uh, it was either last night or the night before, so I very much appreciate you coming in and uh, and helping me out on very short notice, bud. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime you need me, just shoot me a message, and I'll try to work it out. Yep, I will. Thank you. Um, I uh, I hope I hope your lady feels better with the whole wisdom teeth thing. 
Yep, she's doing all right. She's going to the dentist tomorrow. Let's have them looked at. Oh, good. See, Becca, uh, they they know Becca must be my girlfriend at this point because I've referred to her by first name so many times. See, it's it, good, and, and you can tell her that um, the delaying thing isn't a good idea because Becca has, like, had on and off troubles with hers for, like, two years. But she keeps pushing it off because it keeps going away and then it always comes back. So it's good that she's going to try and get the issue resolved because it doesn't really work when you just ignore it. Yes, absolutely. And have you gotten your wisdom teeth out? Yeah, I think all of mine are... I'm pretty sure all of mine are gone. Yeah, all mine are gone too. And it sucks for a couple of weeks, but, you know, once yeah. nice thing is once they're gone, they don't bother anymore. Right. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, well, no, mine. I didn't even have a dentist tell me that mine had to come out. We were doing a regular x-ray anyway. Mm-hmm. And I basically said, hey, as long as we're doing these anyway, I don't know how insurance works. As long as I've got these, as long as I can get these x-rays once a year anyway, and we're here doing them. Can you look at my wisdom teeth? Because like this was I was in high school and it was literally in like one semester where basically half my class had their wisdom teeth taken out. And, you know, person after person after person was gone from school to get their wisdom teeth removed or was like, yeah, I'm going to get my wisdom teeth removed on this day. Wait until after the school year or whatever. I'm like, man, you know, just classmate after classmate's getting them taken out. Why ought to ask? So then the next time I was at a dentist, it was x-rays. I'm like, hey, look at my wisdom teeth, would you? And yeah, it turns out they were going in funky and I would have had problems with my wisdom teeth and would have had them taken out down the road anyway when they did actually come in. So I got away with mine with no pain because I was proactive on the thing. Which is about the only pro- time I've been proactive like that. So I was proud. I was proud of myself for 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 sniping that one out early and uh, and not waiting on it. And yeah, it was a little crummy for a bit, but eh, you know it didn't really matter. Like now, it you know it's like I don't. I bear. I remember getting them out because it's the first time. Uh, I think we got time for a funny story before I do the plugs and get out of here. Um, you said you're good till six, right? Yeah. So we got, I don't, cause I don't think I've ever told you this story, but this is rather funny. So, um, I had never been like knocked out before. So when I got my wisdom teeth out, they did it in the, uh, orthodontist office or whatever. And I was given, I don't know, knockout gas, general anesthesia, whatever you want to call it. Or knockout gas or something. And I'd never like gotten any of this before. Mm-hmm. Oh no, general anesthesia was my foot thing. I was given like something to knock me out like mentally. And I had never like experienced that before. I'd never had any surgeries. This was my first like any kind of surgery when I was in high school, right? Mm-hmm. So I get a little tingly and I fall asleep. I quote unquote fall asleep. Then I wake back up. And I'm just sitting in it like I'm laying. I think I was laying down, laying on a table. (laughs) And I go to jump up. Like, all right. 
you know, ready to go. Because it, I discovered this with a few different things. It didn't really have any effect on me. I'm this way with Novocaine too. I discovered this um, when I was getting a cavity one time. I'm this way with Novocaine also. If I'm laying flat or like just sitting, don't bother me. It doesn't like if you like shoot like if I'm getting a cavity, shot up with Novocaine, doesn't do anything. So I'm like ready to jump right up in the the assistant's like, well, what what are you doing? And I'm like, like I'm fine. She's like, no, you're still living. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, you know all the videos you see of people going crazy from their wisdom teeth? I'm like, that's that's so played. Like, this is such a load of crap. And then I stand up and almost fall over because this is when I discovered I actually have to stand up for things to take effect like this. I actually have to have some kind of verticality. Must be something to do with blood flow. Yeah. So I, I jumped up off the table like, all right. My dead car, time to go home. And I jumped up, I almost fell over. <laughs> and then I think I slept the entire way home. Oh, you're lucky. Apparently, according to my mom, I was mumbling, but there's no video, so I'm, I'm glad for that. Was there any video of yours, RJ? No, I was awake for my entire time. Oh, okay. Like, they just, like, made my mouth really numb. So, like, I couldn't feel when they took them out. Yeah. And then once the numbness wore off, I felt pain. Lots and lots of pain. I didn't get a dry socket, though. I did go with that one, too. No, I didn't get a dry socket, thankfully. Those are bad, though. I think my dad had one of those when he had tooth pulled. Uh, a friend of mine who got his done at the same time got two of them. Ugh, yeah. And he was in real bad shape. Yeah, it's for like a while. every time you breathe, you just feel just a huge amount of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both on the bottom, I think. Like it was both the same place. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. So yeah. So that was not a fun time for him. But anyway, wisdom teeth and storytelling aside, that's it. That is truly this time going to be it for this edition of the Sports Fixins Podcast. Thank you folks very much for listening. RJ Larson, thank you for being a part of this. I do once again greatly appreciate it. Um, and next week, hopefully we have Justin Minkley back and we can talk about the NBA with him and talk about more of the crazy baseball stuff going on with him. And then also at that time, we'll be even closer to the NHL coming back. Maybe we'll have some more nailed down stuff going on around the world. The sport seems to at least be attempting to be ready to come back. If, of course, the world doesn't end, because I see that there's uh, earthquakes near Yellowstone. Hopefully there's no volcanic eruption and we all die. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, RJ, you don't... Do you have anything going on right now? Are there any plugs for you? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, well, then I'll just get my plugs out of the way. Since Justin Minkley got banned from Facebook... Uh, for doing things, but nothing too bad. It's just Facebook's algorithm being stupid, because I've seen plenty of worse stuff than what he says. I am running the Sports Fixins page for the moment. Facebook.com, get in in your account, get in that search bar thing, and go ahead and drop in Sports Fixins. F-I-X-I-N-S is how you spell Fixins. I am writing for the Country Herald here in my hometown. 
online, obviously, because, you know, Corona. CountryHerald.com. Punch it in. You can find the sports articles. They'll have my name on them, and those are written by me. Particularly like the one that I did that just got dropped today on the whole MLB mess. Tomorrow, I will be putting this up. So Thursday, June 4th, when this gets put up, I'll be recording another edition of the No Marks Allowed podcast with Evan Williamson. You can find us on Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. That's where you can find No Marks Allowed. We're pretty deep. We're on episode, I think, 36 Coming up, we'll talk about what happened in WWE this week. For RJ Larson, I am Michael Dian. Everybody, please stay indoors, stay safe, stay healthy. Have a good morning, good evening. Good. A- oh, I did that wrong order again. Let's take, do a take two like I did last week. Have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and a good night. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>